Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter one, one through five, called, He Gave Himself for Our Sins. When Paul's talking about his life, his former life, in verse 13 of Galatians 1, he says, For you've heard, Galatians 1, 13, of my former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism, Galatians 1, 14, beyond many of my contemporaries, among my countrymen being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. But when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. Over and over again, when Paul shares his testimony, whether it's in Acts or Galatians, He says, this is who I was. I was a violent man. I hated Christians. I hated the church. Why does God use people like Saul, who became Paul? Why does he use people like me and you? Because he's a God of grace. Because he who is forgiven much, loves much. Do you realize how much you've been forgiven? Do you realize the changes that have happened in your life? We don't always go back and see the trail of grace in our lives. It's amazing. Author, pastor, one-time atheist, Lee Strobel, said in a sermon, how can I tell you the difference that God has made in my life? My daughter, Allison, was five years old when I became a follower of Jesus All she had known in those five years was a dad who was profane and angry. I remember I came home one night and kicked a hole in the living room wall just out of anger with life. I'm ashamed to think of the times Allison hid in her room to get away from me. Five months after I gave my life to Jesus Christ, that little girl went to my wife and said, Mommy, I want God to do for me what he's done for Daddy. At age five, what was she saying, says Strobel? She never studied the archaeological evidence regarding the truth of the Bible. All she knew was her dad used to be this way, hard to live with, but more and more her dad has become different. And if that is what God does to people, then Allison said, sign me up. (laughs) Five years old. Daddy used to kick holes in the wall. <laughs> I don't know what was wrong with him, but something happened to him. This Jesus makes a difference. Amen? Wow. Well, there's much more I could say about the life of Saul, but I figure we should go to verse 2. <laughs> Paul writes after he talks about the agency of his calling and, the, and what he preaches, the gospel, he says, and all the brethren who are with me to the churches 
of Galatia. So you have the author and you have the people who are with Paul, probably not secretaries here uh, writing the letter, but more they're with Paul as in kind of missionary uh, partners with him. They're with me. They're sending their greetings, if you will. And he writes to the churches, would you notice, that's plural of Galatia. I mentioned those four churches, Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe. The word church is ecclesia. It literally means called out, called out of the world, called to God. And Paul says, the brothers who are with me greet you. And I'm writing this letter to the churches of Galatia. Now, I told you I'd take you to the book of Acts and give you a little backdrop. Let's turn there quickly. You got to go a few books back to Acts if you're uh, new to the Bible, the book of Acts records the early happenings of the church after the uh, crucifixion and resurrection. Jesus appears, gives final commissioning orders. The Holy Spirit comes upon the church and off they go preaching in different areas starting in Jerusalem. This area of the world I've been telling you about is uh, recorded in Acts chapter 13. So let's take a look. I'll highlight a few verses so we can get the backdrop. Acts 13 one. Now there were at Antioch, that's Syrian Antioch, where they kind of launched out from, in the church that was there, prophets and teachers, Acts 13.1. There was Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. That's Paul, but he was originally named Saul, as I mentioned. And while they were ministering there, Ministering to the Lord and fasting, Acts 13, 2. The Holy Spirit said, side note, Bible students, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Trinity, not just God's active force. Here he speaks and commissions. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed, laid their hands on them, they sent them away, commissioned them, if you will down to verse 13 of Acts 13. Now Paul, now we get his new name. Now Paul and his companions put out to sea from Paphos, came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John or John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem. But going on from Perga, probably about a 100-mile trek, they arrived at Pisidian Antioch. That's the southern part of Galatia. On the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. That's what I told you. They started preaching in synagogues. Down to verse 26 of Acts 13. This is the end of the sermon that Paul preaches when he gets an opportunity in the synagogue. He says, brethren, he's speaking now to Jewish people, sons of Abraham's family. I think that's a second set of people. That's proselytes who have made a formal conversion into Judaism. Brethren, full Jews, Sons of Abraham's family, proselytes converting out of being a Gentile into Judaism, and third group, those among you who fear God, God-fearers, Gentiles, worshiping in the synagogue, have not made a full conversion into Judaism. To us, the word of this salvation is sent out. Now, I don't have time to go through the sermon, but I want you to skip all the way down to verse 38. Paul sums up. He preaches the gospel. He says, Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through him, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Remember, he's in the synagogue. And through him, everyone who believes is freed, literally justified, declared righteous, innocent before God in a legal sense, from all things from which you could not be freed through what? The law of Moses. 
And then he says, take heed. Listen up. Therefore, so that the things spoken of in the prophets may not come upon you. 41. Behold, you scoffers. Maybe he saw the faces of some of the people there. Uh, he says, and marvel and perish. For I'm accomplishing a work in your days, a work which you will never believe, though someone should describe it to you. That's from Habakkuk 1.5. And as Paul and Barnabas were going out, the people kept begging that these things might be spoken to them the next Sabbath. Would you guys all write, uh, mark that verse and meet me at the door. And just, that's all I want to hear. Next week, can we hear more, Pastor Michael? That's all. That would make my whole pastoral career right there. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Anyway. Now, when the meeting, 43, of the synagogue had broken up, many of the Jews... And God-fearing proselytes, remember the descriptions I gave you of those groups, followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, were urging them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath, nearly the whole city assembled to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the crowds, some of those who were scoffers, they were filled with jealousy. Maybe this is a picture of the early Judaizers. And began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. Maybe they were saying, Jesus is not the Messiah, and you've got to keep the law of Moses to be saved. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. Since you repudiate it, you push it away, you reject it, and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we're turning to the Gentiles. For thus the Lord has commanded us, I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles that you should bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed, Greek word tasso, to eternal life, believed. F.F. F. Bruce believes that tasso, appointed, could mean something like inscribed or enrolled in the book of life. But you'll notice, here's human free will. The, the Jewish people here of that one camp pushed away the gospel, rejected it, verse 46, repudiated it, pushed it away. And then we have the sovereignty of God in salvation. As many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Sovereign election, free will, both in those verses. The word of the Lord was being spread through the whole region. But the Jews aroused the devout women of prominence and the leading men of the city and instigated a persecution against Barnabas or Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. Now you can see this is a little backdrop of the book of Galatians, the area where they first preached and the controversy that stirred and the reason for the Galatian letter to clarify the gospel. Back to Galatians, we'll have to move very quickly because we're gonna also take communion this morning. Paul says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, Galatians 1.3. Again, see the exalted status of Jesus. How could Jesus grant grace and peace to anyone if he is a human or an angel only? He must be divine. He's the source of peace. He and God the Father, verse 3. And just to simply put it, you guys have heard a lot of comments about grace and peace, Siamese twins of the New Testament. But here's a comment from Longenecker. He says, with reference to grace and peace, he says, with particular reference to cause and effect, grace is the cause, peace is the effect. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. For the Gentiles, that you should bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed, Greek word tasso, to eternal life, believed. F.F. Bruce believes that tasso, appointed, could mean something like inscribed or enrolled in the book of life. But you'll notice here's human free will. The, the Jewish people here of that one camp pushed away the gospel, rejected it, verse 46, repudiated it, pushed it away. And then we have the sovereignty of God in salvation. As many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Sovereign election, free will, both in those verses The word of the Lord was being spread through the whole region, but the Jews aroused the devout women of prominence and the leading men of the city and instigated a persecution against Barnabas or Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. Now you can see this is a little backdrop of the book of Galatians, the area where they first preached and the controversy that stirred And the reason for the Galatian letter to clarify the gospel. Back to Galatians. We'll have to move very quickly because we're going to also take communion this morning. Paul says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 1.3 Again, see the exalted status of Jesus. How could Jesus grant grace and peace to anyone if he is a human or an angel only? He must be divine. He's the source of peace. He and God the Father, verse 3. And just to simply put it, you guys have heard a lot of comments about grace and peace, Siamese twins of the New Testament. But here's a comment from Longenecker. He says, with reference to grace and peace, he says, with particular reference to cause and effect, grace is the cause, peace is the effect. 
Without God's grace in my life, I would never have peace with God or from God. Amen? But because of God's grace, I have peace. I'm freed from the distress of guilt. I'm freed from trying to think, hopefully I did enough and performed well enough to be right with God. And here is a verse that gives us uh, the essence of what Jesus did. Who gave himself did Jesus, verse 4, Galatians 1, he gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us out of this present evil age according to the will of God, our God and Father. We need to remember that it was the Father's will to send the Son. God, the Father, so loved the world that he what? Gave his only Son. Jesus loved me Galatians 2.20, and gave himself up for me. Some of you may have heard this story, but let me just briefly tell you what happened. There was a guy named Kevin. Uh, I shared this, I think, on a Wednesday night. He decided to commit suicide and jump off the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. And so he said, if anyone will come up to me and pay any attention to me, I will reconsider my suicide attempt. He's up on the Golden Gate Bridge where many people have committed suicide and died and a woman comes up to him and he thinks, ah, this is it. She's going to pay some attention to me. And she asked him if he would take a photo of her. And he said literally she was posing for like five minutes in different poses. And he's like, I can't believe this. I'm about to kill myself. And all she wants me to do is take more photos. He leaps over the Golden Gate Bridge. I think he broke his back on impact. He went obviously with that big of a fall way underneath the water and with his arms only somehow got himself to the top but was having a tough time keeping himself afloat. The Coast Guard was notified. They came trying to rush over to save him but he was drowning and he said he, something dark was circling under him and kept pushing him up to the surface when he felt like he was about to drown. He thought, oh great, now I want to live. I'm crying out to God. Save me, God. I'm reconsidering that I want to die. And now a shark's going to eat me. Great. <laughs> but whatever this thing was, it kept pushing him up to the surface so he could breathe. Finally, the boat got there and he lived. A bystander who was there on top of the bridge later told Kevin the creature that was underneath him that saved his life. Do you know what it was? It was a sea lion. A sea lion arrived on the scene. God does speak both whale, sea monster, and he can speak to sea lions. And the sea lion popped him up to the surface until the boat could save him. You've heard about Jonah and the whale? Well, now you have Kevin and the sea lion. And by the way, you can hear Kevin's testimony when you search him on the internet as well as he goes all over the place telling people about what happened to him. To whom this great deliverance, we'll be talking more about the death of Jesus on the cross, but you'll notice in verse 4, he did it to give himself in sacrifice, to take the wrath of God, to die the just for the unjust, to bring us to God. He laid down his life for me on the cross, gave himself up, yielded himself to all that the cross meant. All the devastation, the wrath, the ugliness, the spitting, the mocking, the suffering of crucifixion, and he did it for me. How can we but say to end in a doxology in verse 5, to him to whom 
be the glory forever and ever. This word is age unto age. May he forever receive the glory from us and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. You know what you just said? I agree. It is so. Let it be. Yeah. Amen. By the way, when you say amen, if you say I agree, then I hope you know this Savior. I hope you've met him. I hope you know that you're saved by grace. It's a gift. The rest of our lives after we receive the gift is simply a thank you note. My whole life has become a thank you note to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Everything in my life, from the initial salvation of the gracious gift that God bestowed and just said, trust me in, I believed in him, to now 30 plus years of walking with him, a you know, unimagined uh, privilege of being in pastoral ministry all by his grace. Not only does his grace save, it strengthens, it keeps us, amen? amen. Father, thank you for this word. It's the communion elements now are coming around to remind us of this great sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins. May you strengthen your people. May you bless them. And my friends, I'm gonna ask you just as you are uh, considering what was preached to you and thinking about your standing before God, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let today be your day of salvation. Cry out to him, Jesus, save me. Thank you for your great love. Thank you that you gave yourself up for me. Pray it if it's you. I turn away from my sin. I'm sorry for trying to do it on my own. I can't do it. I surrender. Thank you for loving me. Pray it. Oh, I, I just trust you as my Lord and my Savior, my God, my King. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. If you're a prodigal and you've been away from the grace of God and you've been trying to do it on your own, you've, you've walked away from grace, come home. Come back to grace. It's more than sufficient. He'll give you grace upon grace. He'll give you all you need to live, to be successful, to walk out your faith, to fulfill your ministry. He'll give you what you need. Come home. And Father, for this precious congregation, fighting the good fight of faith, people growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, may you bless, pour out grace upon grace into each one's life. Thank you that you're such an awesome gift giver. We love you, and in gratitude we give you thanks in Jesus' name. You've been listening to He Gave Himself for Our Sins, part three on Walk in Truth. That was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter one, verses one through five. And don't forget, you can watch the video of this message on walkintruth.com. And also a reminder that you can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you like on podcast. You can listen on our Living Truth app or your favorite podcast app like iHeartRadio, iPodcast, Google Music, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we're out there. You can listen to previous programs as well. Hey, you can listen to the Walk in Truth podcast when you walk around the block or when you're sitting on the couch or in your car or, hey, maybe uh, sitting out on the beach. That actually sounds good right now. Also, if you listen on iTunes, would you please give us a rating? The more good ratings we get, the more people will see our program as it goes to the top. So thanks for doing that. Hey, and remember, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
Hey, well, I'd like to invite you to our Wednesday night service. We have started a new study in the book of Ezra and fittingly calling it returning from captivity. <laughs> and I know many of us have felt like we're, we've been in captivity and uh, some churches are now opening up and we're excited that the people of God are having a chance to return to the worship, corporate worship of God. But this Wednesday night service is going to be a live stream and it's going to be in the book of Ezra. And it's going to be some lessons about the people of God going back to rebuild and uh, reestablish their worship in Jerusalem. A lot of lessons for today, for right now. Now, you can go to our website, walkintruth.com, click on Church. You'll get to our YouTube channel, and there you can uh, both take in the program. You can worship with us, and you can open your Bible with us and tell a friend about what you're hearing both on the radio program and on our Walk in Truth and YouTube channel at church. Well, tomorrow on Walk in Truth, we're going to air a special 633 event that we just did on Sunday night called Navigating the Times. And this is something where we've taken questions from our listening family, our church congregation, about how to navigate the times of this COVID-19 pandemic. And it's a great panel of professors and Yours truly, Pastor Michael, along with Mike Massaro, the voice of Walk in Truth. And you're going to benefit from that content, and it starts tomorrow. Tell a friend about it airing, and we'll catch you tomorrow on the broadcast. God bless you. Join us tomorrow as we move along in Galatians chapter 1. Pastor Michael's going to teach from Galatians 1, verses 6 through 10, and the message is called Gospel Distortions. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.